The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mr. Nelson Show, episode 72. I thought it was 73. Uh, let's see, resist. what happened this week? Hashtag persist. What in the hell is he going on about now? Uh, well, I think what Lefty's uh, doing here is uh, sending out the clarion call for like-minded individuals such as himself uh, to make use of... Of, of course, the hashtag resist, uh, uh, hashtag, if you will, uh, which, of course, means to resist the Trump administration. And now uh, hashtag persist because uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren wanted to uh, smear the name of Senator Sessions, who is now our attorney general. uh, And she wanted to read this uh, letter that was critical of him from... uh, uh, from uh, Coretta Scott King, the widow of uh, the late Martin Luther King. And, uh, well, uh, Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, uh, invoked the rules of the Senate where you can't uh, impugn the character of a fellow senator. And so uh, he cited that rule and put a stop to her and told her she couldn't uh, continue with her uh, statement, which included reading the letter. Well, good for him. No, this is just terrible. He should not have done it, and I detect a bit of sexism in it. Yeah, well, even uh, Elizabeth Warren wouldn't go through that. I mean, uh, despite, uh, I believe it was CNN or maybe it was NBC's best attempts in an interview with her to say it was sexism, but uh, Elizabeth Warren was a little bit smarter than the idiot reporter talking to her. But nevertheless, uh, uh... To the letter of the rules, uh, Mr. McConnell uh, had every right to do what he did. Exactly. There you go. Right. But it might not have been the smart thing to do. What? Well, Red, you see, had she just read the letter and gone on about her uh, idiot babble and uh, dredging up the same uh, smearing crap they tried to do with Sessions, calling him a racist and all that, nobody would have noticed. But now uh, that he did that and used the rules to uh, shut her up and all that sort of thing, well, that gave Elizabeth Warren a little a little moment in the sun for uh, people that follow her. And you never know, a few fit sitters might have thought, Hey, that wasn't fair. It was so. Uh, Mitch McConnell actually uh, did a did her did her a favor. What? Well, I guess if you look at it that way, I suppose so. Oh, but the point God. is made. This Southern white male. Oh, here took we go. On this Native American woman. <laughs> oh, come <laughs> on! A letter from the widow of one of our greatest civil rights oh, leaders. Well, I think that whole scene speaks volumes. Yeah, uh, she's not a Native American. She's probably whiter than all of us combined. What? Oh, yeah. She she defrauded uh, the Native Americans. She defrauded Harvard by claiming to be this minority to take advantage of affirmative action programs specifically for Native Americans and uh, climbed the ladders there in academia uh, erroneously. But uh, she's a leftist. She's got all the right leftist ideals that uh, the the left uh, power bases approve of. So uh, when that includes academia, so uh, she'll suffer no consequences for that. So yeah, yeah she's Ooh. not really the one to be speaking about racial issues when she yeah. defrauded a minority like that. Yeah, what oh, Nelson said. That's just a bunch of puppy cut. Nope, no, it isn't. Yeah, <laughs> you got that right. Oh, you just can't stand to have a strong woman who oh. is the future of America, oh I believe. And she tells it like it is. Oh, She's pure and open oh. and honest. Nope. Unlike Donald Trump, hey. who is yet to reveal his tax returns. If that I ain't might none of your business. That. Well, Lefty, it's interesting you should mention something like the tax returns, which, uh, yeah, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't released them, so... 
But, you know, I suspect it has more to do with his claims of being worth $10 billion, which is probably around $2 billion, yeah. uh, that sort of thing. But Steve. nevertheless, uh, it's always going to hang over his head until he releases them. Yes. But uh, as far as uh, being open and honest in financial disclosures, uh, Miss Warren herself failed to report a $1.3 million line of credit. <laughs> what? Oh. Yeah. Oh, Warren yeah. received the line of credit from the Bank of America in 2007 mm-hmm. against her home, what? but did not disclose it on her 2014-2015 filings. Oh, well, she took advantage of a loophole in no. the Stock Act to avoid this disclosure. Oh. It's somewhat significant because Warren wrote a Washington Post op-ed in January oh. arguing that her presidential cabinet nominee needed to provide complete financial disclosure. Yes. She also authored the All Your Worth, the Ultimate Lifetime Money Plan, where she advised not to borrow against a home. (laughs) Yes, you see, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren is uh, one of these politicians who loves to lecture and preach Mm -hmm. from the stance of, do as I say... Not as I do. Oh, please. Like like she's the only one. Well, Lefty, uh, if she's not the only one, then she's not the one to be lecturing anybody, is she? See, yeah. See, when you're going to go around and uh, criticize somebody, but then you're doing it. Well, that's... That's called hypocrisy. Uh, well, the, the, look, the, the issue at here was whether Sessions was qualified to be the Attorney General, and clearly he isn't because what? of his racist past. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. And nope. so that is nope. why uh, Senator Warren felt she oh had to spread the truth. Well, actually, Lefty, it turns out there by a staggering coincidence, I'm sure, uh, the day she uh, d- attempted to do this on the Senate floor, um, her publisher announced that her new book will, will be available for purchase in April. What? Uh, her new book, or, I'm sorry, book, uh, is called This Fight is Our Fight. Oh, yes. yes. I'm sure it's all a coincidence, but of course, yes. the drawing oh, yeah. attention uh, given to her. Uh, should uh, give the book a little boost. Hmm. Well, well deserved it. I d-d-d-d. Oh, boy, boy, Lefty. You sure are comfortable in them puppet strings. What? <laughs> well, tell you what, Lefty. Let's uh, watch a little uh, clip of uh, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, niece, Alveda King, uh, uh, discussing this whole business about uh, Coretta Scott King's uh, letter and whatnot in uh, uh, Senator Sessions. If we take a look at my Aunt Coretta Scott King's letter, we know that she was a peacemaker. Yes. Her intentions were never to divide during her whole life. I was no. her communications and correspondence secretary for yeah. several years when I was a young woman. And so in that letter, she would be referring to perhaps some of his comments. However, she would agree today that he, of course, ended some school desegregation. He worked to prosecute members of the KKK. Aunt Coretta was a very reasonable woman, and she, with integrity, would have noted that he had done some great work in fighting against discrimination. But this is a snapshot of 30-plus years ago. But it's a snapshot. But, you know, she also said about immigration. She wrote a letter saying that immigration could hurt the black job market. Or the Negro job market as well. So she had very strong opinions and concern for all Americans and perhaps people all over the world. And I believe certainly that if she could look at the record of Senator Sessions today with integrity, she would say, well, he has worked to prosecute the Ku Klux Klan. He has worked to desegregate public schools. So it's almost like a bait and switch. Stir up the emotions. Use the name of King. Uh And my name is Alveda King. Stir up people's emotions. Play the race card, which she was attempting your family? to do. I don't, I don't know, we're going to hear from the president shortly. No, no, not dividing not. my family at all. We have taken a look at many things that Mrs. Coretta Scott King said, Martin Luther King Jr., my daddy, Reverend A.D. King. But our family, we are peacemakers. We bring people together, Neil. We do not divide people. No, well, this is just a, a shameful use of the King family name for political ends from Fox News. No, that's what uh, Elizabeth Warren did. And uh, really, Lefty, uh, you're going to say Miss King here doesn't have the right to make use of the King name. And that's interesting. Oh, you know, what this shows me is you're all scared to death 
of Elizabeth Warren because... Or just can't beat her in an argument. Yeah, well, uh, let's see. Here's one of our arguments against uh, Donald Trump during uh, the campaign last year. <laughs> oh, my God, that's outrageous. Oh, yeah, it sounds like every episode of The View. Oh, jeez. You know, I am tired of this misogyny. And I I just don't know if I could take another minute of this. Because it's obvious you two are scared of women, and which breeds your misogyny. Oh, yeah, that's what that's all about. When... Their, their rights are being stripped away from them every day, every second of the day, while that orange, haystack-headed monster sits in the Oval Office. And you know it's true. Does this mean like, you're still upset about the, the grabbing by the pussy thing? Well, that's just symbolic. But you know, I've heard tell that he's planning on defunding Planned Parenthood. My God. How can women consider themselves free when they don't even have the rights to their own bodies? Well, you know, Lefty, it's funny you should bring up that uh, abortion subject matter because recently another uh, star of the Democratic Party, Nancy Pelosi, uh, did a town hall on CNN because uh, when she's not having a... a, uh, senile, demented, senior brain fart moment oh. and uh, mistaking Donald Trump for George Bush. Uh, she she does town halls on CNN where she probably figures she won't get any tough questions. But she got an interesting question from a college student uh, on this town hall hosted by Jake Tapper, I believe. And uh, let's, let's, let's take a look at that. What's coming, and as evidence of this, let's bring in Brianna Kristen Roberts, who's from Pennsylvania and currently a college student at Alvernia University. Brianna. Hi, thank you so much for being here, and thank you for sharing your story with us. That's such an incredible um, story and situation that you had to go through. Um, I am part of the pro-life generation. Oh, God. I believe that abortion is not the answer for Uh, unplanned pregnancy. My birth mother was faced with the decision that many women today are facing um, with Without the means of properly raising a child, um, she chose the most ethical decision and chose adoption. Um, with her courageous and unselfish decision to make such an awesome decision, I now have the ability to thrive and succeed in life. Um, don't you think that everyone has the option or needs the ability to thrive and succeed in life? I certainly do, and I love the word you use. No, you said, don't. my mother chose. <laughs> my mother chose. And we want to Yeah, that. yeah, she chose have, not to kill her kid. Have, yeah. Have that opportunity yeah. to choose as well. And oh, when we yeah. do, well, my kill whole it if thing, you want. When people but ask me what are the three most important issues facing the Congress, I always say the same thing. Our children, our children, our children. Exactly. Their health, See, she their education, care. the economic security, their families, exactly. clean environment in which they can mm-hmm. thrive, a world of right. peace in which they can right. succeed and reach their yeah. aspirations. If you want them born, you but pay for them. But many of our friends who <laughs> yeah. are so intent right. on uh, uh. when life begins in their view yeah, do not yeah, they're, they're subscribe to that after come from the child is born to oh, meet please. the needs of the children. So I hope you will yes. join us in our quest yes. to say... Uh, that uh, all of the children in our country, that one in That's five children right. in America lives in poverty. Not goes just to the sleep white ones, Donald Trump. In the greatest Trump. country that ever yeah. existed in the history of the world. And why? Because we haven't made the right decisions exactly. uh, to lift all of those children yes. up. And yes. that's why I say to my colleagues, yes. show me your values, show me your budget. What exactly. are you doing to lift children Yeah, if you're going to have your values, let's see, so I hope that pay for that value. Respecting your mothers yeah. to make her ch- uh, ability yes. to make her choice, I hope you'll help us help all of these children exactly. to be able okay. to thrive she is, when their she's mothers still make got that it. choice wonderful. to have them yes. as well. Yes, So, uh, if you're going to have those babies, you got to pay for it. Uh, otherwise... Kill him. <laughs> no, that's not. Yeah, it is, Lefty. Uh, those are the options Nancy Pelosi put up there. And so she's kind of making an argument that, yeah, maybe your mother should have killed you, you little brat. <laughs> yeah, that's what she did. That's practically word for word what she said. No. Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. Yeah, but Lefty, uh, the idea that uh, economic uh, conditions are such that you must slaughter children. Um uh, 
because well they're just they're just very costly uh is uh just beyond unethical. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you can claim that that's any kind of value. Um, and I mean, with the uh, progression of uh, scientific uh, technology and what have you, uh, you, you we do know uh, when uh, the, the fetus uh, does become a human figure in there with a heartbeat, a nervous system, and all that. So uh, it is a pretty uh, rough bid, uh, uh, ordeal at a certain point. Well, uh, so uh, so maybe we could, uh, you know, uh, say at a certain point in uh, in the, the pregnancy, uh, no more abortions there, right? No, anytime she wants it, it's her choice. When does life begin anyway, Lefty? As soon as the baby's born and takes a breath and the mother decides, yes, I'll keep it. Wow. Oh. And the other idea uh, is just all magic and stuff about uh, monitoring heartbeats and uh, the uh, ultrasounds and all that. Yeah, that's nonsense. All right. Well, I think we've uh, wrapped up that whole uh, little argument. Um, uh, well, we'll move on. Uh, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll play some Night Night. And then uh, we'll come back for, for a little more. Yeah. Yes, you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. And if you want to help out Radio Misfits and this show, well, you know what to do. You can do uh, help out uh, this show by going to my Selfie store, Selfie.com slash Nelson. Or uh, you can go to Zazzle.com and check out the Mr. Nelson store. That's the underscore Mr. MR underscore Nelson underscore store. Yes, yes, that's how you find that. <laughs> yes, it's just that simple. Oh, there's also links to that store now because uh, I'm a part of the, the Rob Saul show, which is also on Radio Misfits now. And uh, you can go to robsall.com and there's links to the Rob Saul t-shirt that uh, I worked on and provided. And uh, you can click through there and then you can shop through the Mr. Nelson store for, uh, for other stuff if you wish. And that would be great. Yeah, it really would. I mean, if you did that... I'd start to believe that you really love me. Yes, yes, yes. So you can do that, and you can also head over to our good friends at tweakedaudio.com, where you can purchase headphones and accessories. Yes, the key features include eight colors and styles, mic'd and non-mic versions, designed to sound great for music and talk, with noise-reducing design and a lifetime warranty. And once you go there and you want to give some love to the Nelson Show, you head over to tweakedaudio.com and use the discount code... Mr. Nelson. Yes, it's all one word. Mr. Nelson. M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's just that simple. And they'll give you 33% off. How about that? So head over there to tweakedaudio.com. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on radiomisfits.com. Universal Pictures proudly presents A Matter of Innocence, a delicate motion picture about that short journey from girl to woman. Haley Mills is the very proper young girl turned loose in a very improper Singapore. Trevor Howard, the jaded, world-weary uncle who prefers the company of his beautiful Chinese mistress. And introducing Shashi Kapoor, the young man who finds very proper young girls very proper challenges. A Matter of Innocence, a sometimes funny, sometimes sad, always compelling story of innocence lost. Based on a story by Noel Coward and filmed on location in Technicolor, A Matter of Innocence is about that short journey from girl to woman, suggested for mature audiences. In space, no one can hear... I stand corrected. Wow! Sounds like a cool outer space movie! <laughs> it isn't. But fortunately, your old pal Mr. Nelson will be there to guide you through it. Yes, that's right. Cosmos' War of the Planets was Italy's answer to Star Wars. But for some reason, it just didn't catch on. 
Maybe it was the cheap special effects, or the below soap opera level acting, or maybe it was the fact the studio forgot to turn the damn lights on. Anyway, our sci-fi romp stars John Richardson, who once had a shot at being James Bond, but he lost out to George Lazenby. <laughs> Richardson just couldn't catch a break. I mean, it's one thing to lose out to Sean Connery, or even Roger Moore, <laughs> but George Lazenby? <laughs> Warning, due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. Whoa! Where can I pick up this goodie? <laughs> All you have to do is head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. And you can pick up this particular sci-fi adventure for only $1.75. Whoa, cheap! <laughs> yes, yes it is. What a long face! Ah, oh, Screech, it's Zack. He doesn't notice me anymore because of Kelly. Oh, gee! I'll show him. I'm gonna take this old fart's offer to do softcore porn in Vegas. Oh, wow! Oh, what a coincidence! What do you mean? Huh, I've already one-upped you on that one. I just completed my own hardcore porno with scatological content. Oh, Screech! This is Smedley, uh, from Night Night, and, uh, you're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Previously on Night Night. Don't cry in <laughs> front of the criminals. It's the man who killed my mommy and daddy. <laughs> I know, Bobo. But unfortunately, we've got nothing on him. However, you know we overheard him giving orders to his hitchman to go deal with your former boss. If we can catch the evidence of them doing that, then we've got him. Well, hey, we might be able to head him off and stop him from even doing anything. Well, yeah, Bobo, but if we do that, uh, you know... Oh, yeah, we wouldn't have anything on him then, huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess we should make an effort. I mean, we gotta try. I mean, a man's life's at stake, but, um, the night cruiser, of course, has been acting up, and, uh, it might stall on the way. You just never know. Yeah, it's pretty tore up because you smashed his car. Well, <laughs> damn it, boo <laughs> Let's just go. And 30 minutes later, at the home of the carnival owner... Oh, oh no, Bubo. We're we're too late. That poor man, his house is in flames. Oh no. Yeah. Boy, I hate to see this. And now, chapter five of The Origin of Bubo. Oh, this is terrible. I just hate seeing sights like this. Oh, oh, oh. Good lord! It's the carnival owner! Yeah, so, see, Bobo, no harm done. Everything worked out. Now, who did this to you, citizen? <sighs> it was Burrow's men. <sighs> now we've got him, Bobo. Yeah? Yes, because now we have eyewitness testimony to Budo and his men attempting murder. Fear not, good citizen, for now your vengeance lies in the hands of... Of the night night. Uh, yes, but my home, it's nothing but a pile of ashes now. It's all I had left. Uh, well, yeah, but you're alive, and that's something. I mean, come on, look, it's, it's not as if I could have done something to prevent this. What do you mean by that? No, never mind. Come on, Bobo. We don't have a moment to lose. Wait. Well, and later at the Knight's Lair. Come on, Night Knight. What are we doing wasting time here when we should be out getting bull? 
Unfortunately, Bubo, it's just not that simple. What? Yes, I'm afraid all the evidence is now mere ashes. And, of course, all we had was testimony from uh, the carnival owner. And, well, I didn't count on him committing suicide. <laughs> so, uh, we really don't have anything on him now. What? We're not accomplishing anything! Hey, it's not my fault that old fart went and offed himself just because he lost everything he had in his life. So don't give me that crap. Besides, you have to learn, Bubo. Sometimes it can take years to bring down a man like Butthole. No, well, I don't understand. Just what kind of criminal is this Butthole? Well, Smedley, he's the kind that pretty much practices the old ill-gotten gain profession of the protection racket. He simply goes around to different area businesses and muscles in on their profits by threatening them with destruction and other possible harm, including murder, where if they don't pay up, well, that's the fate they'll suffer. And that's exactly what we saw in the case of the carnival that young Dick was working at. Well, uh, what's some of the other businesses he's moved on? Typically, he prefers workout gyms and massage parlors. Well, why don't you go catch him in the act and uh, threaten him and then you got him on something? Yes, Smedley, exactly. That was going to be my next move. Oh, man. So let's go, Dick. I mean, Bubo, whatever. It's time we headed out and collected evidence on the different businesses that are under the thumb of the Butthole Gang. Okay. And a week later, after Night Night and Bubo have been staking out different businesses that are under the reign of Tony Butto. Hey, Bubo, where'd Night Night at? Huh? Well, he's interrogating one of the people that runs one of these businesses out here that uh, Tony Butto is, uh, you know, doing his protection thing on. Oh, yeah, well, uh, how long you think he'll be? I don't know. He's already been in here nearly an hour. An hour? Wait a minute. What kind of business is this damn shit is this? Oh, this is one of them massage parlors. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'll call back later. Okay. Uh-oh. It looks like you hung up too soon. Here comes Night-Night now. Hey, Night-Night. <sighs> hey, boo So, did you get all you needed? Huh. Yeah, I sure did. Oh, boy. We're finally going to have a happy ending in all of this. We can get Butthole. Yeah, well, I got my happy ending. Okay, let's go get him. What? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, there was no information. She didn't know anything. Uh, what? God, I would have figured you got a whole bunch of stuff out of you. were there in an hour. An hour? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, it seemed to go by a lot quicker. <laughs> well, anyway, uh... Yeah, I didn't find anything there, so we'll have to go try somewhere else. Yo! Hey! Sometimes, like I said, takes time. Let's go. And later, outside another establishment. Hey, hey, why don't we just go in through the front door and talk to this guy? No, no, Bobo. We're gonna have to use tactics that will give us the psychological advantage. By smashing through his skylight? That's just going to cause a lot of damage. By smashing through his skylight, we'll leave him in a quivering state of shock and awe. While we are in a position of authority. Trust me, Bubo. I know how to deal with these people. Now to fire my cable gun. And then we'll slide across until we hang over the skylight. And all we need to do is release ourselves from the cable and come crashing down through it. Okay. Here we go. All right, let's go. All right, all right, here we are. Okay. Ready? Okay. Let's go. We didn't go through. Damn it. I would have thought we'd be heavy enough. Yeah, certainly you. Shut up, you. Damn it. Can't get in. I know. Maybe we just jump up and down on it. Hmm. It's stupid enough to work. Let's do it. 
Meanwhile, beneath the skylight... Hey, what's that noise? Where's that coming from? It sounds like it's coming from the roof. Hey, what the hell? Night night. <laughs> you must be Nito Tito. Yeah, I'm Nito Tito. Therefore, you must be the owner of Nito Tito's gym and health spa. Yeah, that's me. Well, Mr. Tito, we're here to talk to you about Tony Buttle. Yeah, I want you two bottles to get out of here. We're not going anywhere, Pubo. Keep the night gun aimed on him. Got it right here, Night Night. Well, what is this? I'm not a criminal. I ain't done nothing wrong. No, but Tony Botto is. Come clean, Tito. We know he's been forcing you to give 10% of your profits in order to protect you from him. Well, I'm not answering any of these questions. Very well. You leave me no choice. It may interest you to know that I have evidence on you of your multiple affairs with other women as well as some men. Yeah, I don't care. Everybody knows about that. Oh, oh they do? Huh. Well, I know about your drug use as well. So, I don't care. <sighs> I also know that the inspection sticker on your vehicle is fake. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I'll be forced to reveal this truth to the world. No, no! I I'll be ruined! Yeah, that's right. You don't mess with Night Night. What, what do you want from me? You're gonna help us bring down Tony Butto. No, no, I can't. He'll kill me. No, he won't. Because his reign of terror will end once he faces against Night Night. And Boobo. What? Who? Uh, that's, that's my new partner. Don't worry about that. Anyway, we're gonna go over the details and then we're going to strike against the empire of Tony Butto. Is this true? Will Night Night and Bubo finally strike a fatal blow against the criminal organization of Tony Butto? Find out in the next and final conclusion of The Origin of Bubo in the next exciting episode of Night Night. This has been a Nailsin production. The Night Night theme song is performed by Alistair White and his lovely wife, Heather. Incidental music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. All characters are performed by me, Douglas Nelson. Join us again, won't you? You ever find yourself breaking into a woman's home just so you can steal her underwear and sniff it? Yeah, chances are you're going to end up in jail, or at the very least slapped with a restraining order. But such are the pitfalls of having an obsession for a woman you can never truly have. But what if it was possible to have your very own replica of said woman in your home that you can order to do whatever you want? Well, now you can with Dr. Ishipupu's Girl of Your Dreams sex droid. Yes, I am Dr. Ishipupu. And with my sex droid and the utilization of the latest technology in digital 3D printing, you can now have the girl of your dreams. All you need do is have profile shot and front face frontal shot, and you can provide that simply by stalking, as I know you will do. Once we have that on file, we can produce for you the perfect girl of your dreams. We can even make improvement in bus size and buttocks. She will obey all your commands. Please, please, fuck me in the ass. Please, please, fuck me in the ass. <laughs> Guaranteed to feel like a woman. Not that you would know. <laughs> Hurry now and order your girl of your dreams. Yes, operators are standing by for Dr. Ishipupu's girl of your dreams sex droid. Don't delay. Order today. 
warning, such drugs can result in castration. If this happens to you, you have been warned, and therefore we are not held liable. Once the transition clears, we wipe our ass of you. Next time on My Brother's Keeper. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I seen her walk around with them cheeks jiggling out of them shorts. <laughs> it's not fair. I'm going to have to do something about that. I mean, she's asking for it. <laughs> oh, 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 man, I got to go. Oh, uh, damn it, I told you time and time again. Get off the phone. What the hell is this? That <laughs> looks like a, a jar of apple jelly. <laughs> That's right. And do you see what is mixed inside it? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, well, uh... Just answer me this, goddammit. Did you dip peanut butter on a knife in my jar of jelly? Well, hell, I... You see, I, uh, it... Shut up! Did you dip peanut butter in my jelly? Well, I... <laughs> yes, I did! I don't see what's too hard to understand. There's a right way and a wrong way, but he always does it wrong. I do not like peanut butter in my jelly. You put the jelly on the bread, then the peanut butter, and then you can wipe the knife off on the bread. But you don't mix the two in their jars. Well, honey, it's you're going to eat end up eating it together. I mean, it is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I mean... God. Damn it, Sally! How the hell is he ever gonna learn when you keep making excuses for him like that? Damn it! Oh, man, I... You know, what's really bad about all this is I hate to hear them fight, you know, uh, and, and I feel it's, you know, it's somehow my fault. And, and, and I mean, if they break up, I mean, it, it, that means it, it, I have doubts about people's ability to love and who's gonna love me? <laughs> My Brother's Keeper, on TLC. Oh, wow, wee, what's this? It's an old sci-fi classic. Oh, man, it must be cool and great, huh? No, I meant classic in the sense that it's classic cinema crap. Oh, well, don't worry, because I'll be there to narrate you through the entire film with my witchy commentary and cartoon sound effects. <laughs> oh, gee, great! The film stars actor Peter Graves. You might remember him from the TV series Mission Impossible and as the creepy boy-hungry pilot on the movie Airplane. No, doesn't ring a bell. That's okay. Yes, Peter Graves stars as a nuclear physicist tormented by alien killers from space. But the title is somewhat misleading, as they only kill one man, and his death is kind of an accident. Anyway, after all that, they show Peter a bunch of films of bugs. Warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. Oh, man, I can't stand it any longer. Where can I get my hands on this? <laughs> All you have to do is head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. There you'll find this and other films that I've graced with my brutal sound effects and witty commentary. <laughs> so head over to selfie.com slash Nelson. That's selfie. S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash Nelson. N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. Head over and download Killers from Space today for only $1.75. Whoa, cheap! Yes. Yes, it is. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. talk to you about Doctor Who, the BBC sci-fi series that began in 1963 and lasted all the way until 1989 when it finally went off the air. And uh, there were several attempts to bring it back, but most of them failed. Uh, eventually in 96, there was a TV movie by Fox Television and uh, was broadcast uh, here in the States and uh, in England. And uh, it, was, it was more popular in uh, Britain than it was here. 
you know, because uh, there was, you know, it's it's their hero, you know. Uh, but the TV movie, I wasn't all that fond of. The actor who uh, was cast to play him in that movie was Paul McGann, and, uh, well, you know, he, he did what he could with what they gave him. Uh, uh, and uh, he's uh, reprised the role in audio dramas that you can find at BigFinish.com, and uh, from the ones I've heard, uh, he does a very good job, and uh, it's too bad that there wasn't a series picked up from that, because uh, he might have uh, given us a really good doctor. Uh, uh, the only other... Uh, uh, television or a video uh, format that he reprised the role in was a brief uh, webisode that was used for the recent, uh, well recent, it's been a few years now, 50th anniversary special for the, for Doctor Who, uh, in which they did that to explain his character regenerating uh, uh, into a new character. Now, <clears throat> to back up on that, uh, in case you don't know anything about this, uh, back in the uh, 60s, the original actor, William Hartnell, was the first Doctor, and when they started, uh, that's it. He was Doctor Who. Um, he's some mysterious alien who travels around in what's called a police public call box. Uh, yeah. uh, Britain had a lot of these, and basically they're phone booths, uh, primarily for the police, but I suppose the public could use them too, that sort of thing. And they were different shapes and sizes, but uh, the, the, apparently the most iconic of them was this uh, blue box that you, know, you could walk into. Uh, but that's about it. It's just a sort of ornate uh, f uh, phone booth. But the magic of Doctor Who is that when you go inside his phone box, it's not a phone box. It's a time machine spaceship thing. Uh, because on the inside, it's this huge uh, space station and there's rooms that go on forever in it and all this stuff. So it's bigger on the inside than on the outside. And uh, so that was uh, the, his deal. Uh, so the actor Hartnell uh, did it for three or four years. I can't remember exactly. But nevertheless, uh, he, he got ill and uh, had to retire from it. And so uh, the show was still going strong. It was popular, so they decided to replace him with another actor. But in order to explain this, uh, the different appearance in the show, they decided to come up with the idea, well, hey, he's an alien. So whenever he gets sick or something, he can regenerate his body. But when he does so, uh, his appearance changes entirely. And they also threw it in that uh, personality kind of changes too. So <laughs> he literally becomes someone else entirely. <laughs> so, but uh, when you think about it, uh, well, your, your whole brain and everything changes. So, uh, so yeah, I suppose you would pick up different uh, personality traits beyond what you were. You would just have the same memories as you had all your life. So anyway, that was the, the neat uh, solution that they had there for their star character. The other characters came and went, but it didn't really matter because uh, the doctor was always there. He just uh, changed appearances. So uh, my favorite of, of, the of the series altogether was the fourth actor to play, which was Tom Baker. And that's probably, uh, to be fair, was the, the first doctor that I saw as a kid uh, sometime in the late 70s or early 80s, I think. Uh, it was on PBS. And, uh, and t I mean, look, well, well, if you if you look at all of them, uh, they all had their great moments and stuff, but this guy <laughs> was just insane, and it was a bizarre performance to behold, and uh, it was just it was just the right role for the right guy, and he just dominated, and he also stayed in it for a very long time, because clearly he really loved doing it, and uh, it was the role of a lifetime for uh, Mr. Baker, but uh, eventually he, he, he stepped down from it, and... Uh, Actually, another actor I was familiar with because of another favorite PBS show, which was All Creatures Great and Small, and that was Peter Davison who succeeded him. And uh, But uh, anyway, that's other stuff we can get into. Uh, meanwhile, uh, so the show uh, uh, ended in 89. Uh, the, the BBC, uh, a lot of people there didn't like it, <laughs> despite its longevity and uh, uh, cult uh, following. Uh, they didn't really see much into it. And by the time the, in the 80s, the, the stories had gotten pretty bad from what I could see. And some, some of those later shows I didn't care for too much. Uh, uh, Peter Davison's uh, run uh, had some good episodes, and there were some really good ones there, but I think he was being... I always got the feeling he was being held back by uh, the guy who was running the show, he was, uh, uh, John Nathan Turner, and he had all these ideas about it. So you're kind of seeing his idea of Doctor Who rather than the actor creating a character. Um uh, the Colin Baker guy who succeeded him, uh, his doctor was actually quite interesting. Unfortunately, they gave him this ridiculous clown suit to wear. <laughs> it's pretty distracting. And uh, then he got screwed over uh, when the BBC uh, intervened and said, oh, we suddenly we want a new doctor, and they kind of screwed him out of it. It's a long story there, too. Maybe I'll cover it in a later, a later episode. But I'm talking about Doctor Who because the current actor playing him will be uh, leaving the role uh, now. Um 
after the, the, the show was canceled and then all they had was the uh, TV movie in, in 96, there was nothing. And then there was a, an attempt at a, a, an online cartoon series and uh, those episodes were uh, produced, but uh, it didn't really go anywhere. And then finally, and uh, I think it was in 2005, they went ahead and they started with a new, uh, uh, new TV series of Doctor Who. And that was Christopher Eccleston uh, took the role. And you, you might remember him from the original uh, 28 Days Later. Uh, other roles like that. Uh, but anyway, he got the role and only did it for one year and left. Apparently there was some scuttlebutt that, uh, I don't know, somehow the uh, studio or whatever pissed him off. I don't know what went on there, but he got mad. <laughs> and, uh, and some of the uh, stories was that he didn't really recognize this as being what Doctor Who's about or being Doctor Who. And uh, to be fair, he's got a point. Uh, a lot of it was unrecognizable. To the templates and uh, basic uh, good versus evil storytelling of the original series. Uh, the TARDIS is there. The TARDIS is the time-space machine that the Doctor travels in. Uh, because the TARDIS stands for Time and Relative Dimensions in Space. See, because uh, it's this little blue box that travels around, but it's really giant on the inside. Anyway... So he still had that, um, and so at the end of his uh, first little season there, he re regenerates in the uh, second guy to get the job in the new series, which was David Tennant. And up until that point, I thought David Tennant's performance was far superior to Eccleston's, but Eccleston didn't really give much of a shot because uh, he left too soon. So I, I don't know what went on there, but anyway, uh, but still, uh, the stories they take on the template of uh, a teenage girl's uh, romantic fantasies, and that's what it, it targets, and that's it. I mean, that's primarily, <laughs> sorry. So uh, science fiction, uh, other ideas, uh, adventure, and stuff like that kind of takes a back seat to that, uh, which is which is kind of odd because it's, there's never going to be a fulfilling uh, romantic relationship here unless they all end sad. And that's another thing. There's a lot of this uh, manipulation of emotion just for the purposes of manipulating emotions. So it doesn't really pl play into plots and what have you sometimes. And uh, a lot of times it's just there for you to cry. Is always, is this the end, Doctor? Yes, I'm afraid so. And you, know, you have that time and time again. And another thing is a constant template of these new shows is that the Doctor will just give this bold speech where he's practically proclaiming himself to be God and is I'm the doctor and you've really stepped in it now and it constantly that ha all of them have had to do this <laughs> and it's just it's it's too repetitive I mean, you see that a million times over and it's just like it, it's just shows laziness on the part of scripts um and another thing was a lot of them would do this jerky thing at the last minute all of a sudden well it's timey wimey and I got a solution here I just pull out a mask and his screwdriver's a magic wand and it zip around and, the, and the, his little girlfriend's dancing and stuff and it's all this silliness and it's like well there never really was a threat because all he has to do is you know he's God so uh, he's just playing with these people <laughs> <laughs> There's really no story, so what's the point of watching it? So uh, it was things like that are gimmicky and, and, and trying to be cute above all else. And it, to me, it's uh, tearing down the show. Uh, at this point, I would have dropped it a long time ago, but uh, some bizarre sense of loyalty to it... <laughs> I torture myself by watching it. Now, every now and then, you'll get a good one. Um, there was a few here and there. Tennant had some good ones. And uh, Matt Smith, I wasn't a big fan of Matt Smith, but he did grow on me a bit. And uh, he with a lot of, and again, a lot of the problems with the show, not his fault. It's not really the actor's fault. Uh, it's just they just they didn't they didn't give him good stories. Um, so so that was uh, Matt Smith was the third one of this new series. He succeeded uh, David Tennant. And then uh, Peter Capaldi came along. And Peter Capaldi, probably because he's older, but uh, he just seemed to fit more of, of the more recognizable Doctor Who character that I remembered from the old show. So I instantly took to him. But again, <laughs> this is, this wasn't, the, the great stories were few and far between. There was a, a couple of them that were pretty good. There's one where the, the TARDIS uh, shrunk... <laughs> And he was trapped in it. He was still normal size, but the outside of the box was really like the size of a toy in his hands. Anyway, you'd have to see it. But it was pretty good. And the, the, the two recent uh, Christmas episodes, they do a series, 
and then they'll do uh, a special Christmas uh, episodes that air on Christmas. And the last two were pretty good. Uh, the, the one before the last one uh, kind of wrapped up an old dangling storyline, which is kind of rare. <laughs> There's a lot of dangling plots and things that are sort of thrown around in hints and stuff, and then they never revisit them. But uh, but this one they did. And then the recent one, uh, which was the one with the, uh, the an American superhero type thing they threw in there. And uh, it was well done. It, it could have easily gone to cutesy crap, but it played out very well. And uh, probably one of the better ones they've done with uh, Mr. Capaldi. So, uh, sadly, I don't know that he's going to get uh, classic style Doctor Who stories before he's gone. Uh, but... Uh, looks like that's coming to an end now. Uh, the rumors have it that, uh, and with the uh, social justice warrior uh, demands, <laughs> is that uh, the doctor will have to regenerate into a woman. Now, they're always saying that there's precedent for this. There really wasn't. I don't recall any of that in the original series. Uh, there were time lords, which is what the doctor is, and time ladies. Uh, he had a, he actually had a companion, Ramana, who was a, uh, a, a time lady who traveled with him for a while, and she regenerated into another woman, and all that type of stuff. But there was discussion back in the '80s about whenever I think it was Peter Davison or someone, or maybe Colin, I can't remember, was was leaving the role, and they were thinking about going through different ideas of giving it to an older man or giving it to a woman. And so even back then, they were thinking about this idea. But uh, so it wasn't always just the current uh, social justice hysteria where, you know, there's no such thing as gender and all that kind of nonsense. So I don't know. I guess they'll they'll probably do it. But the idea that they if they do it now, it's like it's forced, you know. And uh, they've already done, uh, they've had this villain in the series, which was like an evil version of the Doctor. He's another Time Lord, but he turned evil, so instead of the Doctor, he calls himself the Master. And there's several actors have played him too, because he can regenerate too, and stuff like that. It's a long-winded story. But uh, recently, uh, he's become a woman. Uh, <laughs> they don't really go into the details of when this happened. That's another thing where there's things that happen and they don't explain it. Uh, but he showed up as she, and so now... Uh, calls herself Missy, which I guess is short for mistress. Uh, but interestingly enough, when they were coming up with the master, apparently they did think, consider about introducing a character called the mistress, which would have been this female villain for the doctor. But they settled on the master back in the, the, uh, the late 60s or early 70s, I guess. And uh, that's how that worked out. And so now uh, that sets the precedent now for that. And so... Uh, so it, it, it leaves it open that oh yeah the doctor could turn into a, a woman and there was a, a brief scene a while back when Matt Smith first regenerated into a, you know a David Tennant regenerated into him and he was touching his hair because his hair was different and it was longer and he's like oh no am I a girl so I guess from that they push it that oh well then this can happen which is this interesting thing <laughs> which because should he be upset that he's turned female when he's never been? Well, you would think so. He's never experienced this before, but I don't know. Are we going to get that, or did he just have to, yeah, finally, I'm a woman. I, I don't know, because yeah, <laughs> either way you do it, you're, you, 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 when you worry about uh, offending all the time, uh, you're fighting a losing battle. So I don't know. I, I often thought there could have been some story where something went wrong with his regeneration, and he, I don't know, he... Uh, he had the uh, the template of one of his female companions. Uh, she was holding his hand or something, and it interfered with his regeneration, and uh, her template of DNA affected him, and he becomes a woman. I don't, I know something along those lines, where it's, it's not something that just happens all the time. But whatever, um, it, I'm I'm guessing that's what they're going to do. Uh, the other idea would be that he's always been white, so they could have a, a black actor play him. Uh, so they probably could do that. But either way. Uh, yeah, they, the latest in uh, gender politics, if we will, uh, means that if he doesn't, oh boy, there'll be hell to pay. <laughs> so, so that's the one aspect of Capaldi leaving. Meanwhile, there's been some amount of severe damage, I think, done to the uh, beyond just the the laziness of scripts and whatnot. But back in the uh, the 50th anniversary. Uh, they had a bit of a problem. Uh, they were going well, going all the way back to their 10th anniversary. They would do these shows 
back then they did the three doctors. So the three actors who had portrayed the doctor got together, or they it was their time traveler, so they can meet their other selves. And so they did that for that special. And then uh, the 20th, when Peter Davison was a doctor, they did the five doctors. Uh, Tom B- Baker bailed out, so they just used some old footage of him in it. But nevertheless, the re- other actors returned. Uh, Hartnell did, and he was already dead, but he was replaced by someone else. But ne- anyway, the idea of the doctor's other selves from his different periods of time come together for this one adventure. So for the 50th, they decided we're going to do a similar thing. Well, of course, all those actors are really old now, so they decided they were just going to use the ones they've had for this new series. So that would include uh, Christopher Eccleston, David Tennant, and uh, Matt Smith at the time. Uh, Well, Eccleston, they talked to him, and apparently they had already written up the script or either the outline of it with him to to be in it. So they'd already had their ideas set that uh, he was going to be there. And uh, they just couldn't convince him to come do the show. For whatever reason, he remains pissed <laughs> at the people behind Doctor Who. So n- not necessarily at the character or anything. Uh, he seems to have some affection for it and all that. But uh, uh, yeah, not interested in going back. So they couldn't get him, so they kind of panicked and didn't know what to do. So the obvious solution here was to go to Paul McGann, who's still uh, a relatively young guy, he's he could do a whole ser- series if they wanted to. They could say, oh, he regenerates into an old arc- in, in, uh, incarnation of himself. <laughs> he could do a whole series of it. But uh, it seemed obvious that he could have been this ridiculous excuse of the showrunner was that, yeah, I just don't see him as being the war doctor. All right. This, the new series begins with the idea that the Doctor uh, got off into this the Time War, where his planet of Time Lords got into a war with his uh, evil nemesis of the evil race of, called the Daleks, who were basically a metaphor for Nazis. And uh, this raged on, and the Doctor fought in that war, and it, uh, it you know, he, he was scarred from it, you know, emotionally cold and stuff like that, uh, because the war was so horrible. And ultimately, it's revealed that he apparently had to destroy both uh, his people and the dialects in order to save the universe from the war. And so, uh, for some reason, the show just decided that Paul McGann was not the guy to play that character who must have done that. So, <laughs> it's, pretty st- it, it's really stupid. So, I don't know if there was some problems with McGann here, too. Uh, did he piss some people off? And you're never working for us? I don't know, because they did do the little little webisode that's, that, that tells his story of his regeneration. So, instead, they decided to pick uh, a legendary classic actor, of John Hurt. Um, yeah, I spoke to uh, of in uh, the last Nelson show, because he recently passed away. Uh, and he's famous for Alien and I, Claudius and all that. And... Uh, nothing against John Hurt, but this just was a dumb move on the part of the uh, Doctor Who series people because it suddenly there's this other guy who, who was the Doctor. So they kept referring to these other Doctors throughout the series, but he was never mentioned. So then they bring up this idea that, well, since he was in the war, the Doctor's embarrassed. So he didn't use the name Doctor, so therefore he doesn't count. <laughs> now... What's important here is that it was long ago established that this regeneration thing, the doctor can only do it 12 times. After that, you've run out of the regenerations, and then if you get hurt and are terminally ill, whatever, you die, and that's it. But there were always these little stories about, oh, there was possibilities to uh, immortality or successive regeneration cycles, all this type of stuff. So, yeah, you can ride around it and figure that out should the show survive, and now it has. Uh, So, with John Hurt in there, it meant that uh, Matt Smith was the last Doctor. (laughs) So, they uh, had to come up with that idea. So, uh, it, it, it just really put a wrench in the works here. And uh, it just was completely unnecessary because, again, uh, Paul McGann could have filled in the third Doctor for that series. and But there it is. It's done. And uh, John Hurt's uh, character was officially christened the War Doctor. And he even did some of those uh, audio dramas at uh, Big Finish. And so that's canon. You know, he, he was Doctor Who during this uh, Time War story, which they never really resolved <laughs> here. <laughs> but, you know, what was that about? How to get started? Whatever. So... So, uh, here's a possible theory how to clear up this mess. Uh, certain characters from the Doctor's past have returned to this uh, new version of the series, and so there was one 
that began with the uh, my favorite doctor, the fourth doctor, uh, a character called Barusa, who was uh, another Time Lord and apparently had been a teacher of the Doctor when he was in, I guess, Time Lord school. <laughs> they call it the Academy. And um, so this guy showed up again and again. He ended up becoming the, the Lord President of the Time Lords and all that. And then in the uh, Five Doctor story for the 20th anniversary, uh, he turned rogue as he was trying to pursue the secret of immortality from their, their old uh, historical hero called Rassilon. Uh, he shows up again, too, in the series. But nevertheless, uh, that was the whole point of the story was Bruce wanted to get the, uh, immortality, and he was using the doctors as uh, pawns to get it and all that. So in the end, he loses. He does get the immortality, but unfortunately, it's a trap. You get the immortality, but you got to spend it as a stone fixture <laughs> in the tomb of Rassilon. <laughs> so there he is, stuck in there. So I thought, uh, when the Time War comes along, the Time Lords are desperate, and they need all the help they can get. So, of course, they recruit the Doctor, and uh, they resurrect Rassilon for his leadership. And uh, it's even mentioned where they brought the Master in, all this stuff. You can imagine them bringing in everybody. So Barusa might have been released and uh, put to use to help fight the war. Um, I think there were other stories, maybe novels I've heard about, that there might have been a story where he was released too. I don't know if that's canon or not. But anyway, uh, it could be someone else. But I'm going with Barusa here. Uh, so he's released. Uh, you can even suggest that he knew this war was coming all along and he's been manipulating the Doctor all along and the whole thing about the Genesis of Daleks, which I say is the best Doctor Who story of them all, uh, if you want to check that one out. But nevertheless, that was a Time Lord mission that the, doc the, uh, the Time Lord sent the Doctor to to get rid of the Daleks before they ever happened, and the Doctor just couldn't go through with it. Um, so there you go. That would have been an interesting character to introduce into this and for uh, to, for the explanation of the War Doctor, you have a, another story that also uh, involved Barusa with the Peter Davison Doctor, uh, where uh, another rogue Time Lord uh, uh, they call him Omega, and he was the villain from the uh, the Three Doctors, the ten year anniversary story. But in this uh, episode with Peter Davison, he was trying to come back from his uh, he's trapped in the antimatter universe. And he can't come back home because if he did, the antimatter-matter conflict would, uh, you know, would cause destruction and all that. So he tries to come back in by bonding himself with Peter Davison's doctor. And uh, he almost succeeds, and for a while he even looks like Peter Davison and all that. So I thought, maybe there could have been some plot where Barusa was in a similar situation. And he had to bond with the doctor, and, uh, and he successfully does it to where technically he and the doctor are the same person. All right. So, technically speaking, uh, Paul McGann doesn't regenerate into John Hurt. It's uh, Paul McGann is taken over by Barusa, and the appearance of which causes him to be John Hurt, or maybe John Hurt was Barusa. I don't know how you want to do it, but nevertheless, this happens. So it is the Doctor, but it's also Barusa. And when uh, John Hurt regenerates, uh, Barusa leaves, escapes, and the Doctor is none the wiser about what happened here and you could keep it up to the idea that Barusa had to push doc the, uh, the doctor into the war because it's established in that story that McGann's doctor didn't want to fight the war and uh, they had to kind of push him into it so you could still sort of work that around and weave it into it so John Hurt's still a doctor but he's also something else so there no regeneration until uh, regeneration happens where the Doctor becomes Christopher Eccleston at that point. And there you go. And the regenerations are kept. So that means, then, what do you do with uh, uh, Peter Capaldi's Doctor having to regenerate this Christmas? Well, uh, he did get that boost from the Time Lords when Matt Smith's Doctor was dying, which is how they, they resolved that, that the Time Lords had to give him an extra cycle, apparently, in order to save him. Well, it might have just been a little push because he just wasn't regenerating, because he didn't think he could. Now, this is important, because you think, well, uh, could he really control that? Well, apparently, because the Master, in an earlier story, did just that. Uh, the Doctor was begging him to regenerate after the Master had been shot, but he refused to do it, and he laid there and died. So, uh, yeah, it, there's precedent for this to make this work. And so, the boost... Uh, causes the doctor to regenerate so is that does that mean that peter capaldi is the last doctor no and here's why because barusa 
is immortal. So they release him from the prison, but he has the secret of immortality and perpetual regeneration. He's achieved it from Rassilon. And now that he's merged with the Doctor, the Doctor is now also immortal. So there you go. The Doctor can keep regenerating forever as to where Barusa is. Well, hey, there's a whole other story arc you could do where he shows up. So there you go. And if it's not Barusa, you could pick someone else. It really doesn't matter. But see, it all works out. And yes, I waste time on this meaningless crap. (laughs) Anyway, I hope the show picks up and gets better. But I'm dubious. But anyway, I did enjoy Capaldi's performance, despite the fact that he didn't get good scripts. But he'll be missed. But uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, there you go. That's it for my Doctor Who discussion. And that's it for this episode of the Mr. Nelson Show. And Red was right. It is episode 73. I apologize for that. Hopefully I'll get my numbers right next time. Uh, But until then, uh, good night, everybody. The views and opinions expressed during the Mr. Nelson Show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. <laughs>